Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello, hello, and welcome to People with Purpose. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about bias. So everyone has biases. It's true. It really is true. You, me, everyone. And being biased doesn't necessarily uh, make you a bad person. And not every bias is negative or hurtful. But it's not recognising biases that can lead to bad decisions, um, challenges with relationships in life, uh, bad money decisions. So in this episode, I'm going to cover what bias is, different kinds of bias, and how you can sort of be aware of it and then manage it to make better decisions, live a fuller life, and uh, be more inclusive, uh, and build better relationships. So there's a lot of talk at the moment about embracing equity and about diversity and inclusion. And bias uh, forms quite a big part of uh, you know, why people don't feel like they belong because people create these biases uh, in their mind. And if you look at a definition of bias, the first thing that pops up online is uh, prejudice for or against one person or group, uh, especially in a way that's considered to be unfair. So the term bias has got this sort of uh, negative and toxic uh, connotation. And, you know, rightly so, when biases uh, play out uh, in uh, decision-making and people make choices based on biases or discriminate or um uh, or you know stereotypes come into play then that has an impact and an impact that isn't helpful but what about your bias that leads you to order the same thing every time you get a takeaway you know what about your bias for chicken tikka masala over a korma or a gel frazy what about your bias for ice cream over custard is that bad is that unfair? Now, that might be a frivolous example, but it's to illustrate a point because a bias at its core represents a, a predisposition, if you like, to favour one conclusion or decision over another one. So the original meaning of the word bias is a leaning of the mind. So the mind leans in one direction. So why is it important to understand this? Well, biases are a brilliant example of how the mind works, how your brain processes information. And like a lot of things, uh, some biases seem to be hardwired into us through our journey to becoming the human species that we are today. For example, a lot of us are biased against four-legged animals with big teeth and claws who might want to eat us. And then some biases are learned through socialization. You know, a tendency to accept the religious beliefs or the beliefs of one's um, parents or, or, or culture. Or 
they come from direct experience. So, for example, being more ready to accept ad advice about your health from a doctor than from an online influencer with no medical qualifications whatsoever. And yet some people are biased the other way around. And there's other biases that are kind of more unique to you as an individual, for example, having a preference of, uh, you know, for ice cream over custard. And that could be, you know, genetics, it could be experience, but it's a leaning of the mind. And, and for a lot of people, I suppose this whole sort of similarity effect, you know, we kind of, we kind of like people that are like us. Um, and when we encounter or meet with new people, um, how alike we are with other people is difficult to detect. So there might be a natural tendency to be biased towards people who appear to be more like us. So that whole thing about age or, you know, gender or body type or color or race. So it's kind of a thing where there's this kind of like programming in your mind, which then plays into decisions that you make. Because we often assume incorrectly that someone who looks more like us will also have more in common with us, which just doesn't make sense. Just because you know you might look like somebody else doesn't mean that your personality will be similar or your interests will be similar or your view of the world, you know, your view on the political situation will be the same. So when we allow our biases that are based on this kind of more superficial or, um, uh, yeah, a, a, apparently obvious, but, you know, not really fully understood type information. Apparently obvious, but not really fully understood type information. What does that mean? That means an assumption. So when we allow those kind of um, thoughts and feelings and natural kind of spontaneous reactions to influence us, it could be a bias that's going to have an adverse effect on the quality of our decisions. And, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, how we can sometimes make these decisions based on a really small number of experiences. You know, sometimes one experience that then leads us to drawing more kind of general conclusions. You know, this happened once, therefore it's always going to happen. And again, because the human brain is kind of wired to um, perhaps uh, focus on the negative uh, rather than the positive, um, uh, potentially it can move you away from things that don't seem like you um, and, um, again, inform your decision-making process in, a, in an adverse way. So, you know, negative experiences might carry greater weight in your decision-making process than positive experiences. For example, you're looking for uh, a, you know, 
a restaurant or you're uh, you're you're looking something up online and and you're looking to buy a service from a company and there could be i don't know 50 reviews for this company uh, but if you're scrolling down the reviews on TripAdvisor or Google or whatever it might be, and if you see one really negative review, you might just click away from that restaurant or from that service provider, uh, even though there might be 48 reviews that tell you you're going to have a good meal or a good experience. Just worth thinking about that and thinking about whether a negative experience, one negative experience can have a lot more weight in your decision-making process than a number of good ones. So this leaning of the mind is a natural thing. And you know, biases actually help us to make decisions in an efficient way. If you think about it, sometimes you know, giving um, detailed consideration an equal consideration to every single possibility in every single decision, you know, you're going to be exhausted and you're not going to get anywhere. So biases give you a kind of a, um, a starting point from which to make a decision. So that leaning of the mind helps you to begin the process of making a decision. Now, this could happen in seconds in your brain, or this could be a, a bigger decision that you take more time over. But that leaning of the mind can be very useful when it is challenged and then adjusted based on more information. And again, this can vary depending on the decision. So biases can be dangerous and they can be helpful. And they're probably more dangerous when uh, mixed with uh, power or uh, coming from a privileged position, because that's where bias can create um, inequitable outcomes and potentially, again, have a, an adverse effect on the more vulnerable in society or, or, or smaller groups or, or minorities in society. And that's clearly where we need to be really careful. Bias exists kind of beyond your conscious, beyond your, your conscious awareness, if you like. And, and sometimes, actually, your biases can surprise you. You know, they, they can actually be um, uh, contrary or uh, conflict with what you actually believe, what your actual values are. And that's because like I say, this whole kind of um, ice cream or custard decision, it's your brain using shortcuts to make decisions. And that's when the decisions may be quite routine decisions, but also it's when you're in sort of high pressure, uh, high stress situations where you feel you need to decide quickly. And, you know, the, the, the automatic associations in your brain can then play towards uh, you know stereotypes and um, and, and all of that kind of thing, which which kind of doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make the right decision, and can, like I say, have an adverse effect on other people. So there's this bit of sort of psychological theory, which I've done a little bit of reading on. I'm not I'm not a psychologist, and um, so this is kind of 
experiential interpretation of it, but there's this thing called uh, system one and system two thinking. So system one thinking is the brain's fast, automatic, um, sometimes intellectual, but actually quite often emotional response to uh, to the outside world, to an external event. And um, yeah, that can kick in at any time, you know, so the kind of uh, spontaneous action you take to avoid, uh, if you see a bus coming towards you, it's raining, there's a massive puddle in the road, you're going to take a step back, right? That's system one thinking, uh, kicking in to protect you from getting soaked, you know? So it's an unconscious and an instinctive process of, of human thinking. And then system two thinking is the slow, more uh, reasoned, logical process that the, the brain kicks into when solving complicated problems. So, um, say for example, when you're, um, uh, I don't know, you're, 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 you're out and you're looking for, um, for somebody, you're meeting with somebody and there's lots and lots of people around, you know, you're going to be taking in so much more information as you're looking for the recognisable features of your friend in a crowd and really kind of, um, you know, going through a mechanistic process, if you like, as you scan the horizon to look for, if you were looking for me, looking for my bald head, you know, and the, and the sun glinting off it, you know, if it is a sunny day. Uh, and um, so... So you know you're you're going to be taking a much more process orientated way of solving that problem and um, thinking about okay what's the answer where is he uh, than you would if you were in a field and there was less complicated stimuli coming into your brain to solve the problem because you'd see me I'd be in the middle of the field waving so system one thinking would kick in there he is over there again it's quite a silly example but bias potentially quite a heavy subject. So, you know, let's just kind of look at it from a different perspective because this is about how the how the mind works. So system one thinking, if you are biased, which you are, by the way, um, we all are, uh, no judgment, it's just the way it is, uh, then um, be aware when system one thinking is kicking in and your automatic response is kicking in and influencing your thoughts, influencing your behavior, and perhaps then reflect, okay, maybe I need to apply some system two thinking to this. Maybe I look at this in a little bit more detail to make better quality decisions that are more fair. And that, to be honest with you, are based on things that matter rather than things that might be you know, automated filters in your brain just to make the decision making process a little bit more straightforward. So what are the main types of bias? Okay, well, so there's a bit of a list here. So um, just have a little think about these examples in your own life. And you may have uh, been on the receiving end of, of, of the, these kind of biases, or you might have dished out decisions, emotions, and created scenarios on the back of these biases. So affinity bias, affinity bias. So affinity bias happens when 
you know, there's someone that you feel like you've got an affinity with, you know, maybe you went to the same school, maybe you grew up in the same town. Um, maybe you've had a similar experience. Um, that affinity with that person could you, lead you to pick them potentially over somebody who might actually be a better person for the job, as an example. There's the halo effect. The halo effect could be a scenario where you, um, you know somebody who is brilliant at, I don't know, a specific aspect of, of life or of work, and that influences your opinion about that person in every other area. You know, you kind of put them on a bit of a pedestal, maybe. They're awesome, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but due entirely to, to one to one thing. So, you know, you put a halo on the head. And the opposite of that, uh, and it's a slight, you know, biblical theme here or uh, mythological theme, uh, is the horns effect. You know, a person does one thing that, you know, you don't, you don't like. Um, and you let that cloud your opinion of them and their many other attributes. Then there's similarity bias. I've already talked about that. You know, we kind of, in a way, naturally want to surround ourselves with people that we feel similar to or, 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 or that we feel are similar to us. Um, and, you know, does that then result in a tendency to want to work more with people like that? And if you think about that on a very fundamental level, you know, take gender and race um, and, and all of that out of the equation, but just think, you know, okay, so if you're a um, introverted analytical person and you want to start a business and you feel comfortable with an introverted analytical person, then you know, unless that introverted analytical person is also going to be able to um, sell or one of you can sell or develop relationships or be more outgoing when the time comes, then um, then your business may or may not grow very quickly because you haven't got that bl blend and balance of, um, of, of personality, if you like, that needs to bring your business to life, as an example. Then there's um, um, attribution bias and uh, people make attributions, um, you know, regarding the cause of their own and others' behaviours. But, you know, when you attribute something to somebody, you don't necessarily um, reflect the reality of the situation. You know, again, you're making assumptions. Uh, so, so watch out for assumptions. And then there's confirmation bias. So, um, you know, when you've developed an opinion about somebody, you then look for more evidence to support the decision that you've made about that person, you know, because you want to believe you're right. But what you're not doing is looking at it from the other end of the telescope and getting a fully rounded view. So that's confirmation bias. And people often look for that as well when they're looking at, um, say, um, numbers and trends and, and all of that kind of stuff. People see things that they uh, don't want to see. So if things aren't going well, for example, so they'll either ignore that 
information or they'll find some more information that could support um, a case, even though that information is less strong than what's right in front of their face. I don't know if you've ever been um, out on a walk using a map and uh, or out on a run using a map and, uh, you know, trying to navigate your way around somewhere that's fairly remote and you've looked at the map and then you've looked up and looked around you and you're looking for landmarks that, that show where you are. Now, it happens quite often that if you're out in the wilds and you're map reading and navigating and you, you, want, you want to believe that you are where you think you are. So you will look for uh, evidence in the real world and you'll compare it with what's on the map and you will convince yourself that you're seeing, you know, that rock over there, that little forest over there is the one that you think it is on the map when actually it might not be. Because you want to believe it. That's confirmation bias in action. And you could be really lost. So, you know, you, you want to look you want to look at it from uh, the perspective of reality rather than the perspective of bias. That's the time to bring system two thinking into play for sure. And then there's groupthink. <clears throat> Excuse me. So groupthink uh, means that, you know, you, there's a bias there and there's a desire for conformity and uh, for, uh, you know, a group of people to, to all agree. So um, there's a kind of a thing about getting to consensus, minimizing conflict, when actually you might need a decision to be taken that's perhaps not very popular. So look out for groupthink bias. So if you're working in a team, and again, you've got those numbers coming through that are telling you that things aren't going as well as you'd like them to, um, one person <clears throat> with, with some sort of strong arguments uh, presents some information that, that kind of justifies it or an interpretation that justifies uh, you know, not making a change and not doing anything differently. And then look out for groupthink in that scenario because, um, you know, sometimes you need to be the voice that says, hang on a second, the answer staring us in the face here. Let's just be careful and look at this from another perspective. So groupthink can get you into quite a lot of trouble in business. And then another example, and the last one I'll, I'll just mention now is benevolence bias. And that, this happens when we're looking to be kind and that then means that we make decisions on another person's behalf that deprives them of a choice. So, you know, what you're doing, for example, um, and again, I'll take a, a gender example. You know, if, if there is a, an, an assumption that a woman is not as strong as a man and you, you then trying to be kind as a man at lift the heavy thing, um, you're depriving the woman of the opportunity to lift the heavy thing. Um, or flip that the other way around. You know, if you're a woman and you're assuming that a man will want to, to lift the heavy thing, they might, <laughs> they might not. Uh, so that whole kind of um, benevolence thing is, is an interesting one because... Yeah, it's with the best of intentions, but it's still a bias that's, that's playing out. So you need to be aware of that. 
Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, Tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.